Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I guess today comes full circle for me. Because it's like the six degrees of separation from WAER in Syracuse. I did television earlier with our good buddy Steve Gelbs. Now I welcome in another guy who's a good buddy of mine. Longtime Houston sports radio personality. He grew up in Connecticut. He finds his way to Syracuse. Now he's like wearing the uh, cowboy boots. He's become like a native (laughs) Texan. Here he is to talk about the disaster that is the Astros, our good pal Mike Meltzer. Mike, what's happening, brother? JJ, how are you? What's going on? Mike, it's pretty quiet down in Houston, huh? You know who is the happiest person? I'll tell you who is the happiest person on Monday. Bill O'Brien. Absolutely. He was thrilled by everything going on down at Minute Maid Park because now the focus shifts off of his performance on Sunday. You're a thousand percent right. And we will get to Bill O'Brien and some thoughts I have on him coming up in a little bit, but we got to start with what's going on with the Astros. And I thought it'd be a great idea to have you on because we've been killing the Astros to the high heavens. I had my buddy Steve Peralta on from Boston to get the sense of what's going on up there. Astros, we knew this was coming. We saw the John Boy video You knew there were going to be some form of penalties, but let's say Sunday, right? I'm having a conversation with you, and we're talking about what would happen to Jeff Lunau and what would happen to A.J. Hinch. Could you ever have imagined that both would be out of jobs come Tuesday? Nope. And I'll tell you, John, I had this exact conversation with somebody in the know about a month, month and a half ago, and we were talking about the possible discipline. And I thought, all right, I'm thinking Jeff Luno gets a suspension past the trade deadline to kind of harm the Astros. They don't have the GM through the trade deadline in what's going to be, you know, a big season for them. And I think AJ Hinch will get about two or three months. That was my expectation. I wasn't shocked by the length of the punishments by the one year suspensions. I thought, you know, okay, that's sending a message. I was completely shocked by the firings of both Jeff and AJ. I did not see that as a possibility here. Okay. So what shifted Jim Crane's opinion? Was it the court of public opinion? Is it the idea of this toxic culture that we're reading about throughout this report? How did the Astros get to AJ Hinch, Jeff Lunau being these staples, being these men presiding over three straight, hundred win years, two pennants in a world championship to all of a sudden now a report comes out and the owner says, I want absolutely nothing to do with you. Well, I would love, uh, J.J., to know what the the behind-the-scenes conversations were like the last two months between Jim Crane, Jeff Luno, and A.J. Hinch about their job status, because I imagine, based on what happened Monday afternoon, 
that some of this has to be discussed between them. But I think to answer your question, I think what happened ultimately, I think Jim was embarrassed. I mean, ultimately, this is somebody who owns a franchise, and you don't want the franchise to embarrass you. And I think it got to that stage. And it's in the report. I mean, I've read the report two or three times. I'm sure you've read the report as well. I know the audience has, you know, delved into this report. And it clearly states that on September 15th, 2017, when baseball disciplined the Yankees and the Red Sox for their own issues in these areas, that there was this memo saying, listen, you can't break these rules. And if you do, it's going to be on the GM and the manager. And in this report, it says that Crane basically, I don't know if it was in the report or what Crane said afterwards, but it was kind of in the mix of those. Crane basically said, hey, make sure this stuff isn't going on. And since the stuff was going on and it was determined in this investigation, he was like, you violated my order, whether it was a failure to monitor, whatever, and thus I'm going to fire you. I don't think it was an easy decision for him, JJ, because I don't think it's a really poppy. I think people understand it in Houston, but I don't think they're huge fans of that decision. I totally get it. I mean, you think about what Luna was able to do, building the team up, finding guys like Altuve and Springer and Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman and the list goes on and on. And if you look at A.J. Hinch, I mean, my goodness, the guy wins the World Series. He's been to two. They've won 100 games three straight years. I mean, if I owned the team, I'd be clinging to these guys thinking of what they have built. So, yeah, I can understand how folks in Houston are probably saying, man, we understand what our owner is deciding to do. But this is a major chunk of winning real estate that you're turning over here. And it's shocking. And I think for many, it's appalling. And I guess, Mike, for you, as a guy who's talking about the team on a day-in, day-out basis, I'm going to ask you a simple question. You may not know. You Mm -hmm. may know. When did you get the sense that a lot of this stuff was going on? Because here in New York, you remember game three of the LCS, A.J. Hinch is meeting members of the media, and he was rather defiant about things. Let's be honest. His Mm -hmm. tone game three, talking about the whistles, was a very different tone than what you read in his statement after he got fired. So was there a sense in Houston over the last year or two that there was some, dare I say, shady dealings going on? I don't think anybody really knew that that they were using electronic equipment to steal signs because I don't think anyone would be in a position to know that other than the players and some of the support staff. I mean, listen, there's no doubt that picking up on pitcher signals has been a somewhat significant part of the Astros' success. Like, you think about some of the famous moments, J.J., when you look at Game uh, 7 of the World Series against you, Darvish, when you look at probably, let's see, game three of the same World Series against you, Darvish, when they powdered him you know, earlier at Minute Maid Park. When you think about this year, now, in this report, it clearly states that there are no violations in 2019 regular season or postseason. But it, as far as the way the team went, like game five against the Rays, do or die, AL, ALDS, they obviously, I forget exactly which pitcher it was for uh, the Rays. I think it was Tyler Glass now. But in the first inning, the key inning, he was tipping his pitches. They picked up on it, and they scored four or five runs. They won the game with Cole pitching in the first inning. Uh, you think about game six of the World Series. Strasburg was tipping his pitches. They figured it out uh, in the first inning or two of game six. Then he changed, and all of a sudden, you know, they lost that game, and they lost the World Series. So there's no question, and this is in the book about the Astros winning the World Series by Ben Ryder, that Beltron, what he did, like, they were big on trying to figure out exactly what 
opposing pitcher was going to throw. I don't think anybody in Houston, though, JJ, unless you were like really deep on the inside, would have any idea that there were electronics being used in this way. Mike Meltzer, longtime Houston radio host. He joins us here on The Fan. Okay, Mike, Astros have this resume that is as good as it gets over the last three years. I think the problem for baseball would have been that much worse if the Astros beat the Washington Nationals, and we're talking about a mini dynasty. Right now, the Astros are the best (laughs) team in the last three years, but when you win two titles in three years and you're bringing all the talent that they would be bringing back, Verlander and Bregman and Correa, and the list goes on and on and on, you're talking about maybe seeing something we haven't seen since the Yankees of the late 90s. So I ask you a simple question. They won the World Series. I'm not one of these guys that's into vacating titles. I think it's stupid. I think the idea of vacating wins is stupid. We watch the games. We know what happened, regardless of the shady activity that went on in that postseason run. So is there, like, this feeling that the Astros title down there, as special as it was at the time, will forever be tainted? That's a great question. I think it's really the money question because part of what's cool from a fan standpoint, JJ, and like you know me very well, so I'm not gonna the kind of person with my teams. Like if they happen to win championships, I'm not gonna gloat or trash talk anybody because like that's just not my personality. But there's a certain pride that you take into it, and I'm very curious what the staying power is going to be. I think there will be a pretty large staying power, but we do live in a world where it's 24/7, 365. There are stories all the time. And, you know, who knows what the long-term ramifications. But I think in Houston, like, it's going to be hard. Like, I mean, social media, it's like you can say Carlos Correa is the third-best shortstop in, in baseball, and all the mentions are just going to be about the sign-stealing scandal. And I wonder at what point that is going to go away. And so I think for Houston fans, like, I was thinking before I came on with you, like, what a, what a New York comparison would be. And I think to keep in mind, and not to like tug at the heartstrings, but Hurricane Harvey was a big deal, as you know, down here. And for a lot of people, one of the ways they dealt with Hurricane Harvey, which we're still dealing with the effects of in Houston in different areas, was this team going on that run and winning the World Series. And so you think about like how a Mets fan feels about the Piazza home run against the Braves after 9-11, not to compare tragic, tragic situations, but you get the idea. Like there's a certain, uh, a, a, there's a certain emotional feeling that you get with the, with the attachment. And now with that championship, it remains, and they will always be the 2017 World Series champions, but you're not able to sort of like hold that with pride, especially against other fan bases like a typical championship. And I think that's going to be a tough thing to swallow. I'm curious about the staying power, but that's my feeling, that it's going to be hard to swallow as far as how people feel about it compared to their friends who are fans of other teams, if that answer kind of makes sense to you. It makes sense. And now moving forward, think about this for a minute. They fire their GM. They fire their manager. They still have the second highest total in the American League when it comes to the over-unders. They are bringing back a loaded roster. Is it as good as the New York Yankees, now that the Yankees have taken Garrett Cole from them, probably not. But the Yankees also have to prove that they can beat the Houston Astros. So this is a team, yep. talent-wise, they're going to be really, really good. But, Mike, I have to wonder, with all of this turmoil, with all of the stuff they're going to have to deal with throughout the year, this can go one of two ways, where the guys rally together and they say, hey, we're going to show you we're not just a bunch of cheaters. We're damn good baseball players. We're going to remind you of that. Or 
the day-to-day minutia of answering questions about this. What's going to happen moving forward? Were you going about things the right way? How do you get the sense, the Astros, that group of players that you know very well, a group of players that has won a whole lot, how do you think they handle this moving forward? Uh, I'm going to answer that in, 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 in a second. I actually, I do want to ask you at the end of my answer a question about the way Yankee fans are handling this. So I do want to do that. Okay, that's uh, fine. Me... I like being asked questions. That's what I do okay, all the okay. time, so that's fine. Okay, so let me answer your question first. So uh, I think I think especially guys like Bregman are going to take it with a chip on their shoulder and try to basically show the world uh, that they are still a really good team. Again, if you go back to the report, it states they didn't do any cheating, any violations in 2019 when they were actually, in my opinion, and the, the win record break, you know, backs it up. They were actually a better team than they were when they won the World Series. They won 101 games this past year. They, I think they won 107. But here's the thing. And, JJ, I, I, I'm kind of surprised people aren't talking about this as much nationally. If you read this report, here's, what I, here's one of my major takeaways. The players got... A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno fired. The players got them fired. The players and Alex Cora. Like, if you read this report, that's what it's saying. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and defend Jeff and A.J. because that memo clearly states it out. Failure to control, like, you have this going on. It's on the manager and it's on the GM. And it's black and white. And so they should have been disciplined. I am not defending that part of it. But if you read this thing, like, it states that Jeff Luno had no knowledge of that banging scheme, and he only had two emails that were sent to him about the, the, the video room kind of stuff. And it also says that A.J. Hinch disapproved of these entire schemes. Again, I'm not trying to absolve them, but, like, I'm very curious behind the scenes what the relationships are like between the former GM, the former manager now, God, that sounds crazy to say, and the players on this team, because this report clearly states that, a player-driven scheme plus Alex Cora, like that's what ended up getting AJ and Jeff fired. Now it's time for you to ask me a question. I'm very excited for this, by the way. I'm not used to this right. when I have a conversation with somebody on the air. Do you feel like, and I'm mostly basing this on Twitter, which is a, which is a hellscape. I was going to say, that's a dangerous thing to do. So be it very, is. very careful there. Okay. Do you feel like Yankee fans have been a little bit overly sensitive about this from this standpoint, you know me, I'm a, I'm a diehard Michigan football fan, right? If Ohio State was caught paying players or cheating or doing something like that, like there's a part of you that kind of feels like a little giddy inside because we're all like that. But I have to imagine like in college football, like who knows who's paying players? It might be all these schools. Based on all these things that have been out there on social media and other places, it seems like a lot of teams in Major League Baseball were doing shady stuff with signs and using electronics. And especially with Carlos Beltran coming directly from the Yankees to the Astros, like, do you feel the Yankee fans have been a little bit too sensitive about this the last couple of months? I'm going to tell you why the Yankee fan has been as giddy as they've been over the last, I don't know, 24 to 48 hours. I think the Yankee fan hates the Astros. I think the last yeah. two postseasons will do that to you. You lose in crushing fashion without Tuve hitting a home run off of Chapman. Two years ago, you went three straight games at Yankee Stadium. I think a lot of Yankee fans thought going back to Houston, they were going to the World Series that year. So I think there's a lot of like built-up frustration. And, Mike, I'll make this perfectly clear. Do I think the Astros are cheating? 
obviously. Do I think it helped them? Yes. Do I think it's the main reason why they beat the Yankees in 2017 or last year in 2019? No. I think the Astros were flat out the better team. They pitched a lot better. They did a better job hitting with runners in scoring position. So I get the sense for some Yankee fans, it's the idea of burying this bully and hitting back at this bully that's kind of been beating <laughs> you up over the last few years. And the Yankee fans not used to that, Mike. You know this. They're okay. not used yeah. to getting beat up. And the Astros, and I guess with Alex Cora and the Red Sox, they've done that to them in the biggest of games. You know what? I think that's I think that's an excellent answer. I, I accept that fully. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I'm good with that. Okay. All right. Let's get to the manager. Is it going to be a spotter who we know was with Joe Girardi a couple of years ago, or are they going outside the organization? I think it's going to be a spotter, especially on a short turnaround. We are, you know, basically a month or five or six weeks from spring training. Uh, a spot is a guy who I know he interviewed other places, which means he's highly regarded across Major League Baseball. He was here this past season. That means he has relationships with these guys. I imagine from a manager standpoint that he'll be the guy. Mike, before we get you out of here, I got to get to the Texans because yes. they're in such a weird spot. I love the quarterback for what it's <laughs> worth. I can't get enough. I think he's a star. I love them in college. I love him in the pros. I thought his come from behind victory against Buffalo was just spectacular theater. Then I get to Bill O'Brien, and I have not yes. been one of these Bill O'Brien haters, and I've seen that in the national media. He's taken teams to the playoffs. He's won some playoff games. He's won some playoff games with some subpar quarterbacks. I would argue, though, Mike, he coached as bad a first half as you're ever going to see. Now, are they going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Probably not. Mahomes was that good. The Chiefs were that much better. But the contradiction in not going for it on fourth and one, then running that hideous fake punt play at 24 to seven and going all in like he did with the Miami Dolphins trade, mortgaging the form for Laramie Tunstall and Kenny Stills and not finding your way to an AFC title game. Mike, are the Texans ever going to win big with Bill O'Brien leading the way and being the head man across the board? I say no unless they get very lucky. That's my simple answer. And what's weird, JJ, is I do not like the way the Texans are run, so much so that I'm in this really weird position where a lot of people feel like you. I think most people feel like you, like, oh, my God, can you believe what Bill O'Brien did on Sunday? And I'm thinking, like, my opinion of Bill has not really changed from Saturday morning to what happened on Sunday because I don't really believe in him as a coach to win a Super Bowl. Nothing that happened on Sunday was too shocking to me. I agree with your point about the fourth downs and the fake punt. I actually, and I know this is going to sound crazy, I didn't mind the fake punt from the standpoint that they were playing a David versus Goliath game in terms of their defense against the KC offense. So I actually got the logic of trying to steal a possession, especially because Kansas City, whether they on Sunday had to go 90 yards or six yards, they were doing it rapidly, like less than four minutes on every possession. That I don't think it ultimately would have mattered if they actually punted that football away. But you're 100% right that the combination of strategy makes no sense. If you think you need to score 50 points, then you go for that fourth and one up 21 nothing. It doesn't matter if you don't think you have a play. Like, you have to have a play to get a yard. If you think that you need to score 50 points against Kansas City, then you need to go for that fourth and one. But ultimately, the, the bizarre thing, J.J., is this. I don't think O'Brien's a terrible coach. I think he's around average. But he's 52-44. and 44. He's 2-4 and, and four in the playoffs. And he is the second most powerful head coach in the NFL next to Bill Belichick. Because 
He's the de facto GM. He's the head coach. And I guess he might be the offensive coordinator too. That's the part that doesn't make sense. I don't get how someone with this level of accomplishment, which is decent but not all that much, gets this much power in this league. Mike, all I can say as a Miami Dolphins fan, thank you for the draft picks. And I like Laramie Tunstall, but as yeah, Laramie Tunstall, let me tell you something. He said it to Chris Grew when they made the trade. Wow, that's what you got in return? I would have made that trade too. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And I will say this. I think Laramie is terrific and he protects the franchise, but like their process in getting to that point is so like radical that it just drives me crazy. And I think I think it's a process that will not lead to a Super Bowl win. Mike, fantastic stuff, my friend. I'm hoping and praying for a little Yankees Astros revenge in the American League Championship Series this time around. And who knows? Maybe I'll uh, find my way to Houston for one of those games. This was an absolute blast. We will do this again soon. Enjoy the rest of your week, good sir. And uh, pray for the Syracuse Orange, okay? I, I will try. This was awesome. Thank you, JJ. There you have it. The great Mike Meltzer, longtime radio host down in Houston. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.